Chapter 35 Artist Loft I had taken the prerequisite lap around the outside of the artist's loft building looking for a black SUV. Other than some new additions to the graffiti by the dumpster, everything looked normal. I grabbed John's two paintings from my Jeep and went inside. I ran into Ritfer's Burzings on the first floor, rummaging through piles of metal crap in the middle of the lobby. He picked up a metal conduit of some sort, muttered something in Latvian, then flung it with a crash into the other pile of crap on the floor. I watched him for a moment until he noticed me. Do you see what they did? He said angrily while pointing towards a smashed metal box on the floor. I shrugged and said, what? He held up a metal conduit and shook it at me. They took the wire. Apparently there was a black market for copper wire. Maybe some homeless guy had snuck in and gotten a few bucks for recycling copper wire. They certainly wouldn't be interested in stealing art supplies. Somebody had done this a while ago, and now he was getting worked up all over again. I tried to feign interest and asked him, How much do they take? He threw his hands up in the air and said, All of it. He picked up a bent metal box, turned it over and shouted, Sudi! Latvian for shit. I stood there for a moment and watched him search the floor, then wandered upstairs. Down the hall, I heard the sound of a single drum being repeatedly struck. The drummer in Lance's band must be tuning his kit. I walked in just as Lance started a rhythmic run on his bass. He stopped when he saw me enter and said, Artist man! Hey dude, I said. I've got two more paintings for you to deliver. He put down his instrument and walked over to me while the drummer continued pounding on his drum head. He picked up the first painting by John and studied it for a moment. A puzzled look came over his face. What the fuck? He said as he scrutinized it even closer. Why did you do this? I hesitated for a second. I said, I was trying something different. Lance didn't even know what to make of it. Even a 21-year-old musician knew that this was something made by a mind that wasn't right. He studied the little circles and lines covering the canvas for another moment, then said, What are you calling it? He caught me off guard. I never bothered to come up with a name. I scratched my head for a moment, then blurted out, Van Gogh's Sudoku. Maybe, if Vincent was painting in Chinese characters, you could spell something out. The drummer stopped his pounding and said, These two dudes were looking for you last week. I took a few steps towards him. Dark suits? Sunglasses? I said. Lance put John's painting down. Yeah, they were kind of assholes. The little guy said we sounded like Schoenberg with late-stage syphilis. He looked at me with a puzzled expression and said, Who's Schoenberg? He was a composer who did 12-tone music, I said. It sounds kind of strange. Lance nodded and smiled. I think he took it as a compliment. Why were these guys looking for you? They're not crazy about my artwork either, I said. I should have some more paintings for you to deliver next week. Cool, he replied. Then walked over to his amp. He sat down and placed a guitar strap around his neck and played a barrage of notes. He suddenly stopped and said, Uh, guess what? We're playing a beach party next week. An acoustic gig on a beach, I asked. It's on a little island off the Cape. You can only get to there by boat. We're bringing a generator and all of our equipment. Everyone gets trash and then we sleep in our tents. It's wicked awesome. I wasn't sure if getting marooned on a Cape Cod beach with a pile of drunk musicians and their buddies was my thing. I tried to be polite and just said, sounds interesting. 
From the hall behind me, I heard James say, I thought that was you. I turned and saw him approaching me. Hey, James. So what have you been working on recently? I picked up one of John's paintings and gave it to him. He stared at it in silence. Wow. A little obsessive-compulsive lately? Yeah, I know it looks weird. It's a totally different thing I wanted to try. Of course, I had to continue the lie about where these paintings came from and where they were going. I'm sure if he had seen the earlier ones, he would have recognized the Brent paintings that I had submitted to Gary, and then I would have had to explain the whole thing to him. It was easier if I had just kept the ruse going. I leaned into him and said quietly, Did you see two guys looking for me? He looked up at me and said, What guys? I don't know. Two guys. James paused for a moment, as if he wasn't sure I was messing with him, and slowly said, Why would two guys be looking for you? I don't know. I'm just asking. Okay. He shrugged. So how come you haven't been here at the loft? Eh, I grunted, then glanced towards the stairway, my only exit. I said, I just don't feel comfortable working here. Exposed. Exposed? James gave me a weird look. He put down John's painting, and I followed him out into the hall. Then can I show you what I've been working on? Looking at the stairs, I said, Sorry, I gotta go. Linda's waiting for me. I could see that James was put off by my abruptness. Normally, I would have left to hang out with him and see what he'd done. I went back down the stairs. Ritvers was still studying his pile of twisted electrical components on the floor. He looked up at me, frowned, and shook his head some more. I was reaching for the doorknob when I noticed, through a side window, a black SUV parked in front of my Jeep. I froze. It was the art goons, waiting for me to come outside. My heart raced as I stared at their car. I slowly pulled my hand away from the door. I couldn't leave. Ritfers shuffled up to the window next to me, muttering something in Latvian. I had an idea. Hey, Ritfers. I said as I pointed out the window. Do you see those guys in that black SUV? He looked up and squinted. Huh? They've been here a bunch of times, I said. Do you know them? Staring at them, he shook his head and said, Nah. The guys in the band mentioned they were here last week, I said. I think they might have been the ones who stole your wire. Ritvers started to slightly sway and his hands curled into fists as he stared out the window. I could see this might work. How many times the hair? A bunch, I said. I don't know who they are, though. He continued to glare out the window like a cat ready to pounce on its prey. He started making these low guttural sounds as if he was replaying in his mind all the times the Russians pissed him off back in Latvia. Here was my chance to push him over the edge. I said, it looks like they're waiting for you to leave. He banged open the front door, shouting something in Latvian as he marched towards them. I snuck out the rear door by the dumpster and made my way around the parking lot towards the front. Crouching down, I snuck up behind my jeep to listen. How come I never see you here before? We're waiting for someone. Why don't you go hide somewhere else? The other art goon sneered. Why don't you mind your own business? It was beautiful. Ritvars exploded in a series of Latvian expletives and English. Mighty Stolvenes! Motherfucker. This is my building! I say who stays here! Hit! Hit! Go, go. After a moment, I heard the SUV start up, then drive away. Ritvars went back inside and shouted, Nailed it! God damn it. One last time. 
Laughing, I congratulated myself on a job well done. I got into my car and left by the dirt road around the back in case they were waiting for me out on the main street. As I drove back to my house, I went over in my mind what Gary must be thinking about my even newer direction. I know he was annoyed that I wasn't even trying with the modern art crap that I had sent him. He knew it only took me a few minutes to paint that stuff. The new John paintings would look like they had taken a while to do. He couldn't slight me for just slapping something together, as I had done in the past. I did a lap around my apartment complex, then pulled into my usual spot. I got out of my Jeep. Before I knew what was happening, the black SUV slammed on its brakes behind me, blocking me and my car from leaving. I looked right into the eyes of the smaller art goon who was driving. He glared at me and said, Get in. Two words kept repeating in my mind. Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. I didn't know what to do, but there was no way I could get into that car. I found myself vacillating between fight or flight, but I knew I couldn't fight these guys. In desperation, I tried stalling them by pleading, Why are you guys following me? The small goon repeated in an even more menacing tone, Get in. The larger one got out on his side of the car and approached me. It was time for the flight part of this equation, but I didn't know where to go. The only option I had was to retreat two steps back into my car and lock the door. At that moment, I regretted buying such a shitty, flimsy vehicle. It was a ragtop with a fold-down windshield. You could take the doors off that thing. I closed the door and sank into my seat as the art goons approached from both sides. The smaller goon leaned towards my window. Get out of the car, Gavin. The larger one pulled at the other door handle. It was locked. It felt like my pituitary gland had squeezed itself dry. I gasped at the amount of adrenaline that was flowing through me. In a panic, I cried, I didn't do anything! The art goon next to me started pulling at my door, and the one on the other side did the same. The car rocked back and forth from their tugging. I lost it and went total pussy. I leaned into my horn and screamed, help, at the same time. Then I realized the horn was canceling out my hysterical screaming. I pushed the horn, then screamed, alternating at a few times like some psychotic car alarm. The larger art goon pulled out a huge folding knife and opened it up. He jabbed it down into the roof. The blade made a popping sound as it pierced the canvas. He began slicing a hole into my car. I was trapped and I would be dead in five seconds. I looked straight ahead and saw an opening. Next to the parking lot was an embankment that went down about six feet, straight out into some woods. I started the engine and pushed the lever into four-wheel drive. It was as good a time as ever to try some off-roading. I stomped on the gas and the Jeep shot forward a few feet, hitting a concrete curb. The front end leapt straight up about a foot that came down with a thud. All four tires grabbed the earth and I sailed out of the parking lot onto some grass, dragging the art goon as he held his knife. He fell away as I went down the embankment and splashed to a halt into a stream bed. I looked into my rearview mirror and saw the bigger art goon tumbling down the hill behind me. Screw this, I thought. I wasn't going to wait to see if he could stand up. I cut the wheel hard right and floored it. A wave of muddy water flew into my windshield as I hit a deeper spot. What I thought was a stream was really a marsh that ran parallel to the parking lot. I forced the jeep forward and was jolted violently every few feet, 
as if I were hitting submerged logs. My Jeep kept bouncing up and down like a little kid getting a horsey ride on his dad's knee. It was slow going, but I was making head-banging headway. I saw that the two art goons had gotten into their car and were pacing me up on the parking lot. I saw that I only had about 50 yards to go before parking lot and swamp ended. If I got stuck now, they could easily have jumped down and fished me out of my car. I kept going and plowed through a row of cattails at the border of the parking lot. My jeep pulled itself up an embankment and was headed into some woods. I snapped my steering wheel to my left, dodging a tree, then spotted a patch of daylight through the brush. It looked like a field of some sort, and I drove towards it. The world opened up into a sloping green pasture. I could see a few cows grazing in the distance. I winced as a branch raked across my hood and slid across my windshield with a nasty squeal. The jeep lurched for a second, then was released with a pop. I realized that was a barbed wire fence I had just driven through. When I was finally clear of that tangle of crap, I accelerated up the hill, feeling relieved as the jeep picked up speed. Looking out of my window, I could see the two art goons behind me standing by their SUV in the parking lot. I still needed to put some distance between them and me. As I crested the hill, probably going 40, I almost slammed into some cows. They scattered as I stomped on the brakes and leaned on my horn. They looked like wildebeests running from a lion. I didn't think cows could move that fast. I laughed, feeling totally relieved that I'd somehow escaped and wasn't going to die by bovine collision or art goon mishap. I spotted a huge barn in the distance and went in that direction. There was nothing in my way as I headed towards freedom. As I got closer, I noticed that there was a guy in overalls beside a metal gate, hands on his hips, watching me. He was probably the owner, and I was pretty sure he'd see me terrorize his cows. He had a dour look on his face as I approached. I came to a stop, and he opened the gate. I rolled down my window and looked at him as he yelled, Now what the hell did you think you were doing? I don't know where the words came from, but I said, Can you believe it? The goddamn GPS screwed me. Laughing my ass off, I hit the gas and booked it down his driveway, throwing up a huge cloud of dust behind me. He probably thought I was the biggest asshole, but I didn't care. I was out of there. I was alive.